My name is Matt Brown. Jokic has to put it up. Falling away, puts it up. Bang! And let's start the show. Final is going to be Boston on top. 116-99. Big win, avoiding elimination. As they outscore Miami 66-43 in the second half and come up with a win. a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, May 26, 2023. Big show for you covering the NBA postseason. The Western Conference Finals is officially over. The Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals for the first time in their history. Then we have the Heat and the Celtics. That series is still alive. Who would have thought the Miami Heat up three games to one? They are going into Game 5 in Boston tonight. Thursday, May 26th. And we'll see if the Boston Celtics can start what could be the road to some more history. Can the Boston Celtics pull off a miracle and can they be the first ever team in NBA history to go down three games to zero in a playoff series and come back to win it? Only time will tell. So let's break down those two series. Let us also talk about some more NBA draft lottery. Let's talk about Carlo Anthony retiring. Let us hit on the NBA coaching vacancies and let us have a very fun podcast for the next hour and talk all things NBA postseason and beyond. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to leave a comment as well and check out our exclusive content across all our social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So yes, this is a big NBA podcast. Why don't we just give you all what you have been waiting for? Our reaction to the Nuggets advancing, our reaction to the Lakers losing, and what does it mean for LeBron and company? And let us give you our predictions on how the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals is going to go. Can the Celtics make history? And can the Heat pull off this amazing story of them just barely making it into the playoffs and possibly winning the East. Let us soak it all in while we talk coaching vacancies and Carmelo Anthony as well. So the crew tonight is Fresh Faces and Alex Young. So let us talk all things NBA. Let's do it, Faces and Alex. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. All right, the NBA is getting hot and heavy once again. Even with one of the conference finals series ending, we have one that could be on the brink of history. I don't know. Let's get into that. Talk a little NBA draft lottery again. Um, We had a prominent player of a generation retire. The NBA coaching positions are the vacant ones might be filled before we know it. There's a lot of fun stuff with that. So joining us tonight, Fresh Faces, New Ideas. What's up? Hey, man, you couldn't see I'm chewing. They should introduce the other guy first. (laughs) (laughs) I literally did see that. My bad. Thank you, Zoom, on that that switch. But then for the other non-chewer... We'll have Alex Young here. What's going on? What's up? What's up? Uh, it's good to be back. I know I missed uh, last week. Or Yeah, uh, I was at Draft Lottery. We're going to talk about that a little bit. It was a fun, exciting time. 
Uh, but I'm talk- happy to talk some conference finals playoffs right now. Yes, we are. So let's get into it right away, guys. The Easter Conference Finals at this moment. We're recording on Wednesday the 24th. They are going to play Game 5 when this drops on Thursday. Up three games to one, the Miami Heat were dominating the Boston Celtics for the first three games. Game 4 goes around, and the Celtics pull off the victory, keep their season alive. Game 5 in their building on Thursday night. And now the question is, can the Boston Celtics come back? Can they win the next three and pull off the first Ember 3-0 series comeback in NBA history? I want to start with this one, actually. I actually think the Boston Celtics, this specific team, in this specific situation, I think they could actually do it. They The reason why is they are much better on paper. They do have a home court advantage for two of the next three games. And I honestly think they're really motivated. And despite probably their huge weakness of the coaching decisions that Joe Mazzula provides, I actually think this team can pull it off. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win one, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics make literal NBA history. And I'm not a fan whatsoever of the Celtics franchise. But I really think, especially when we saw Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez, the last part of the last Boston team, or part of the last Boston comeback, and sorry, part of the last huge 3-0, the only other 3-0 comeback in Boston sports history, a mere scary to say, 17 years ago. I just knew when you see Jeter and A-Rod in the building that uh, maybe the sports gods are going to be on Boston side. So let's toss it to faces. And Alex, do you think the Boston Celtics can complete this comeback, or do you think the Heat are advancing? The Heat are advancing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if if we were talking about if they were like two one, maybe it'd be different. But mm. this Boston team is, um, it's it, it just doesn't have enough heart. Like, this is it. Like, you can't you can't run it back with this team again. Um. I mean, granted, this is their third coach in their fourth conference finals, but they, they you can't, they can't get over the hump. And it's not like that's like a, you know, a terrible thing to be. Like they were incredibly successful. They were essentially as successful as you could have been without um, winning a title. Like there's no shame in that. You still have a young, like you don't got to strip it down for parts. You still have pieces. You still can build around Tatum. Rob Williams is still there. Like, you got to figure. I mean, it's just Jalen Brown. That's what you got to figure out about Jalen Brown and the coaching stuff. But uh, I do not have faith in this this Celtics team, uh, especially in the way they rolled over in Game Three. Like, mm-hmm. like if you like, when we've we've seen a couple games get rolled over, like like Phoenix got rolled in their last game. If you get rolled in like a must win game that's not an elimination game, that's a really bad sign. And really? Usually, that's um, how it ends. Yeah, I agree. Um, as much as I, I think this Celtics team's talented enough to to force a game seven um, or come back in this series, I don't see them winning this series. Um, I disagree with everything. Just seeing how they laid over in game three um, was the, the turning point for me. Um, I think they can win at home, but I'm looking at their first quarter to see how they come out. Um, if they show any signs of coming out flat, it's a wrap. 
um, they got the thing with the Celtics that I, I was concerned about too was did they put all their energy into game four and then they're not going to come out with the same kind of intensity and do the same things that worked for game five. Um, but, you know, as as great as the story would be to be this team to come back down 3-0, uh, there's a reason why uh, no team in the NBA has come back from a 3-0 deficit to win this series. Um, and I think that's going to continue as much as I think the Celtics team can get back in the series and fight for it. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler is just going to be too much. Um, I know Gabe Vincent got injured, but he's a incredible player. He's been incredible this postseason run. I think he's going to play despite being injured. Bam has turned it around this postseason. He's changed my opinions on him. Um, so I, I think Jimmy is just going to be playoff Jimmy uh, and come into the next game or whatever the case might be, and he's going to have one of his – signature performances to, to end this series. So um, as talented as Boston is, I just don't see them being able to to overcome this deficit. Here's my thing to add on to the dissenting opinion. So we have game five in Boston. Boston's actually a eight-point favorite at home. And I let me ask you, we'll start with this. Do you guys think they could at least win game five? Yes. I think they can Maybe. win game, game five. I don't see them winning the series. But like the difference between winning the game five and you know, like, like between losing this series, like I think it would better for them to lose because like, if you win game five and you, you lose the series four, two and six, you're like, okay, we were actually closer than there's a couple mm-hmm. of hot shooting nights. And that one game we sucked that um, really turned it around. It's like, but you weren't like, like this series wouldn't be closer like as close as like a, a four two uh, would imply that it was. Like this Celtics team has some real flaws to it. Uh, most notably, what the fuck is wrong with Jalen Brown? I don't know if he's hurt or 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 like he, it's not even that he just can't shoot because he's shooting like ten percent from the three point line. He can't guard anyone. He also can't hit free throws right now too, which is yeah, like crazy too. And then uh, you know there's there's like real issues with this with this team right now. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, you know, it, it's time to blow it up. Like I, cause cause they're, you know, the guys who are going to improve. I mean, how much better are they going to like realistically get to get like, where, where is the improvement coming in this team? Like, like I'm pretty sure you've maxed out everything you're going to get from these individual players. You gotta, you, you need a shakeup. Now, here the other thing there, and you make some valid points, and I do think it. I think if they were going to lose, they were the they should have won on Tuesday night. And usually, and even Jeff Van Gundy um, alluded to the fact that almost all NBA teams who are in that position usually just fold mentally and cause them to lose. But this Heat team on the road did fight, and you, <clears throat> and you have. And let me just confirm. And you've had most of your players all hit at least double digits in scoring. I think that could be sub factor there. And if Jason Tatum has some legacies again in him, and I know it will take, you know, almost everything out of his will to do that, that if they could somehow pull off the game six victory and go to Boston on Memorial Day night, game seven to return to the NBA finals, I think that. 
though it's a daunting task, I just think it's po- it's not impossible. Yeah, I, I'm not, as I said before, I, I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There is a path for Boston to do that. I mean, they have the formula. They have to play the same way they did in game four. That's a lot to ask. And that's also with Jalen Brown still not playing great. Like, it's assuming they suddenly forget how to shoot. And that too. Like, it's like there's so many contributing factors into it that, like, the Heat had an off shooting night. Um, You know, Tatum had a great game. Again, we've seen Tatum with it back as well, great performances. But that, he, like, you're going to ask a lot for him the way Jalen Brown's playing right now. Like, you know, so if Tatum has an off night, then it pretty much seasons their season's done. So like it's a daunting task. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not I just don't think it's gonna happen just because there's so many factors that I don't think lean in Boston's favor to make this comeback. If Jalen Brown was playing like Jalen Brown in the regular season, then yeah, absolutely I could see it happen. Because he usually picks up when Tatum's having an off night. But the fact that he's not picking up for Tatum is I think one of the huge things and also that he having an off night the other night kind of allowed, you know, Boston to climb back into it. So they have to play scrappy and win ugly games and pull it off. But like I said, that's why I think it's just too tough for Boston to overcome a team like Miami that is equally going to play as scrappy and equally be as tough as a hustle team as we've seen this postseason. Yeah. And they know like, like they're so much like, more prepared to come into it than an ugly game because that's basically how they've won like every every game the entire season. They're not a high scoring team until this point. Also, it's worth noting some of the the stupid shit that's been happening in this. I think I saw a stat. Uh, Duncan Robinson had dribbled ten times this season and he's already scored three separate baskets off of taking somebody to the hoop. Like, like you can't <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. And then the other one, uh, and this is just like. The other like absurd thing about this 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 franchise is if they win this series, Pat Riley will have either been a player, a coach, or like the head of an organization in nineteen of the seventy like seventy five finals that have ever happened in NBA history. Like that's just absurdity. Like how do you? <laughs> yeah, just about thirty five percent. Wow. Yeah, it's like he's an, an the absurd- man. In, in absurd or like ridiculousness uh, that he has, like, yeah, like kudos to this fucking Heat team, man. Like, they, this is this is a, a flip switch, um, a flip switch team. Like, like, like their shooting was so bad prior to these playoffs. They were like twenty seventh, and now they're like the best in the league. It's it's just absurd. This was a play in team as well, and. You know, going as the eighth seed, that's going to count. And yeah, trust me, I hope I'm wrong. I just, I, I just would like to see what the Celtics could pull off, especially if game six, if there is a game six, that a lot will matter then. But we will see ultimately where it goes in the East. But one thing's for sure is that the West is decided. The Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. They win it in four games. Jokic win is your MVP of the Western Conference Finals. They have a solid 10-day break until they play again on the 1st of June and they clinch their first uh, they clinch their first conference finals win. For, ah, sorry. And they are going to the finals for the first time in their franchise history. And 
you know, Lakers did put up a fight in the end. It seemed that um, LeBron, at least for the first half, was the old LeBron. But everything else went back in the favor of the Nuggets. Jokic with his Larry Bird-style long-range shots just keep coming in at the right time. Jamal Murray has been making up for lost time with his injury history in the past few years, and he's playing like a monster out there. I mean, people are going to forget that uh, he took a video of himself uh, getting it on. And uh, now that he's just playing so well, if you guys remember that. And then we just see Mike Malone being redempt, um, having a redemption story himself, the son of a coach. And this is a pretty cool story. If you're a Nuggets fan, we'll start with faces. You've been a fan of this team for a while, or at least this specific Nuggets team all season long. And your prophecy looks like it will almost be fulfilled. And I guess my question to you to start it off is whether it's the Heat or the Celtics, do you think the Nuggets will dominate the, those um, those teams like they have been in the West all playoffs long? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this team is playing at such a stupid high level. And Jokic mm-hmm. is just he's torn through literally everything that he's seen. And he's just just obliterated. it. He's um he's so fucking good. Like just the little things that he does and like the shooting, just the first off, there's the, the step back moon ball threes that he went three for four on in like, there's nothing you could do about guarding them. Second, there's like, he doesn't need to, to, um, he doesn't need to like score a bunch of points. I mean, he can, we had the 52 point game against uh, the Suns, but like, the Heat aren't going to be able to stop it. Like Anthony Davis has been the best defender in the postseason, and he he was able to figure out Anthony Davis pretty easily. Like it's it doesn't matter. And also, like they're all playing at such a high level. Like Jamal Murray is playing at an incredibly high level. Aaron Gordon is playing at a very high level. Bruce Brown is playing at a really good level. Uh, KCP is playing like stupid KCP. Um, and and Michael Porter Jr. is doing just like. Like he's fearless. He's he's figuring out how to rebound. I, I said this to you guys, and I want to say it was game three. And and I think this is the thing that should scare a lot of the rest of the league is the fact that Mike Porter Jr. is like twenty two. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to pass, and like he still can't really dribble, um, which was kind of a knock on him coming out of college. But like he could get so much better. Like a lot of the guys, they're understanding how to cut around Jokic. But he can like take them to another level. Like he is paying off, and he is buses that, and he's huge. Like he is a big dude. Like this is a good Nuggets team. And one, I was right. Yes, they were going to finals. I said that when you know because I believed in them. Um, they they just this is the like this should this should scare teams kind of similar to those Warrior runs because there's no reason for this team not to just get better. Like they still have most of their picks. They can still package them for somebody else. They're still young guys. They're all under contract. Like they, um, and Jokic, the way he plays, there's no reason he can't play at something close to this level till he's like 50. Like he's basically Dirk if Dirk could pass and was heavier. Like that, that's the, the comparison. Like he's, there's no reason for him to like ever drop off. So as long as you orbit him with guys who are smart and good and score and basically cover up the fact that he's not like, the like he's not like an MB type defender, but he's still a good defender. Like you're gonna just be successful. He's just that fucking good. Like it's it's 
this is, and I said this last pod, I'm going to repeat this every single pod. This MVP will be remembered as the Carl Malone MVP because everyone knows it should have gone to Jokic. But Embiid got it because Jokic just they they like they took the last month of the season off. But I mean, he's the best player in the world. Mm, yeah, the brink of a dynasty. I like that. Like, I, I completely agree. Um, I'm so happy to see Jokic be on the national stage and and everyone finally giving him the flowers he deserves. Um, I'm excited for this. He's just so so fun to watch. Um, and that's a, that's just the scary thing about this Nuggets team is that he doesn't need to have like 30 points in order for this team to have success. He can have 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and the teams are still they're still whooping everyone's ass. Um, yeah, and you saw that especially in these last two games yeah. that he 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 got his triple double, but it wasn't a huge 40 point game. It was it, just enough. Yeah. And the, the great thing about Jokic too, right, is that he's not a selfish basketball player. We see that in his play. But he's so smart that he knows if it's like Jamal Murray's night, where like Jamal's hot, he can he he's okay to defer. Where we've seen superstars in the past need to get their stats, um, and he's the type of guy. It's like, oh, Jamal's hot. Where can I get the ball? In this, like, where I'm getting the ball in his spots. Porter's hitting threes. I'm getting the ball where, when he needs it. I don't need to just chuck up shots to get my thirty right. Um, and he's he's unbelievable. Um, I'm happy that everyone's now. It, I don't know why it took it three months, but everyone to finally realize like all these BS comments on his stat padding and all that other stuff, like throw it out the window. This guy is just incredible. Um, so, and also it, like like when we talk yeah. about how smart he is, like yeah. game three, the refs were clearly trying to extend. This. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And the fact that he had three fouls in the first half and didn't foul out of that game is like. And I'm pretty sure he played like most of the second half. He did. Not all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he got those two uh, charge fouls because they basically let LeBron do whatever they wanted to him. Yeah. Um, but he still didn't foul out. And like the biggest, my biggest gripe with this team is, is sometimes Jamal Murray hunts too much. Like yeah. mm-hmm. there, there, there are possessions where like he's on the, he's trying to do too much. And it's just like, give it to Jokic, go yeah. run around in a circle and he'll make something happen. Yeah. Like, like Jamal Murray is good. Like when when those when there's Jokic isn't on the floor and it's like him and and Brown and Gordon at the five. Like those teams, that's when he should do it. I just think a little bit too much Jamal Murray um, hunting would be my biggest gripe. And look, this this team is this team is really fucking good. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Like like Simple you should. That. <laughs> yeah, and, they're deep. They, yeah, they have the talent. Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, like they've showed out to at times in the postseason. I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for the Nuggets fans because it took them forever to finally get to the final, so it's great to see how excited they are. Um, but, yeah, it's just this team's really good. And and like we said, we'll talk Lakers in a second too, but like props to Lakers. I know they got swept and it looks bad on paper, but they play that Nuggets team tough. They didn't get, like, shelled in four games. Yeah, they, there was they no played, games that they, shelled they, them. They, yeah, they, played, they yeah. played them tough. So, like, props to them, but Jokic and them were just on another level. And I agree with the Jamal Murray stuff. There's times where he, he takes the ball a little bit too much and then gets those lucky, like, five-second left on the shot clock, like, post-fadeaway mid-range shots that he's been able to hit. But there's moments where I might get just, Get it to Jokic, please. He will reset for you, and you will get yeah. a, probably a better look of your reset instead of like trying to heave one up and luckily half the time it's gone in. But 
yeah, this Nuggets team's really good, and they're going to be rested up and getting healed up. They're going to be so rested. They're going like, to be like, fuck. yeah, they're going to be really well rested, and I think that's going to work wonders for all these guys. Um, and I agree with the Porter stuff too. I think Porter is only going to get better, and having a guy like Jokic to learn from um, is only going to do wonders for him. Because imagine that guy being able to be also a playmaker alongside Jokic with his shooting ability and what the defense draws to him. It's This team is set for a really long time. Um, they're probably going to run the West for at least the next like three to five years. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch because Jokic is just so fun to watch. And he's always going to be in the MVP candidate going forward because he's just that good. So yeah. you agree too, possibly a uh, the brink of a dynasty with Denver, potentially. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't know. They got to win one to to start the, get mm, the ball rolling. Yes. Um, but you know they they're definitely on. I would say it's tough, but like I don't want to compare Jokic to like LeBron, but like I could see them making a lot of finals appearances over the next few years. Like I'm not going to be surprised if they're in the finals like every other year or something like where there's to consistently there like i think that how good this team is they're only going to add to it going forward you know yeah, speaking... this, doesn't feel like a, this doesn't feel like a one-off team like no. like a, a team that just kind of like snuck it like the raptors in 2019 yeah. with yeah, like kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like this this feels like it's a sustained success mm-hmm. and like similar to the last time I, I think like really the last time we kind of saw this was like the oklahoma city and then they traded harder like there's yeah. like, mm-hmm. denver is is built like they're built. They they're under contract for years. They they don't they're not gonna have any cap issues. Guys are gonna come here. Like like Jeff Green is like thirty nine years old. Yeah. Like they'll get they'll find somebody else to replace Jeff Green. They'll you know they have that rookie kid who's played big minutes. Um, kid's gonna get better. They'll find a backup center. Um, maybe they'll find like an actual point guard. Um, that like like, or or some like, uh, Mike Conley type. Who, who, yeah, like some guy future, that can just handle it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but like this is a, uh, this is how it's how it, this is how it is. You know, speaking of LeBron and the Lakers, just two things. One, I was surprised on the very last play of Game Four when LeBron tried to drive it up the lane, and Jamal Murray created that turnover with him, even with the as little contact as possible. It seemed I was surprised the refs didn't call that just to see if they could extend it a little more that was such a good defensive play though like mm-hmm. it's just like oh yeah for sure that, the fact that jamal murray didn't back down from that like how many times have we seen in our lifetime that same attack from lebron like drive left to the, the block and like bank some game-winning shot in and the fact that jamal stayed there enough That's- that aaron gordon can come down and deflect it i know like you could say there might have been a little bit of contact but just how Good yeah, I thought, I thought that's what I thought exactly. I think that's people would have lost their minds. Say. Yeah, I think people would have lost their minds if they would have ended up calling a foul on that because yeah, it was like a little bump, if you will, but it wasn't a foul. It was a hell of a defensive play. It, it wasn't like a great play either. Like, no, that was, it was that really rushed. Yeah. So, like the thing with this Lakers team is, holy shit, is LeBron still really good? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. like he's. Like he needed surgery like four months ago, yeah, and, and he I'm still did that. <laughs> and yeah, it, he's and like the the craziest thing is like I told you guys this, but like watching him in that second half, he was clearly gassed. Yeah, and like I can't remember thirty eight like, years old. <laughs> yeah, but like the last like look, he's always been in such good shape. 
And uh, Al Horford was talking on, I think it might've been like to JJ Redick or to, to Paul George's podcast where he was talking about the, um, his last year in Cleveland, like the 20, 2018 finals when they, when LeBron played every minute and LeBron was like sitting on the bench at like the end of the game. And he still looked fine. Like he looked gassed in this game. Like the only, the closest comparison I've ever seen to be was when he was cramping in 2013. Jesus, that was literally a decade ago against that Spurs team. Like that's the last time I remember seeing him tired, but like, holy shit, is he good? But like this, this, this again. So this Lakers team had, has more questions now. Obviously, there's a big one we'll talk about. But like prior to this series, they were pretty set on, you know, we're going to bring back Rui, we're going to bring back Reeves, we're going to bring back uh, Russell. I don't think they're going to bring Russell back either. No, and no I don't you think can't bring him back. I, I, I don't think you can bring can't him back. sell that. Because <laughs> um, it's – it was bad, man. Like he was bad in this series. And like I, I guess you can sign and train him again. But this is kind of like what he did last time he was there. Where yeah. he like especially when LeBron got into that thing with uh Aaron Gordon, he's just sit there shooting up threes. Like like that's it, man. You you can't you can't be doing that. Um but yeah, this this Lakers team, I mean it, they found a uh a interesting um like way to win. It's kind of built on the same way, but you know, you need another big guy. You got to hope Anthony Davis is healthy. And I think, you know, they have the ability now to lean back on whoever runs up, get replacing Russell, whether it's Kyrie or Fred Van Fleet or whatever they do with that. Um, and lean on the young guys. So LeBron doesn't have to play as much. And then, the, you know, you, you bring in a backup center or something so that uh, you could take 80 day, games off, things like that. So, I mean, they have, you know, they have an interesting core core now now obviously they said we want to keep together kyle kuz was like yeah i heard that i was like yeah but yeah i saw that tweet when they blew that core up the big piece that fucked them over wasn't kyle kuzma it was alex caruso yourself yeah <laughs> yeah so like that's what it is yeah um there's definitely a lot of question marks around everything um but I think with this Lakers team, they just like they can't rely on LeBron to be like the LeBron that we've seen our whole lives. I mean, he had an unbelievable performance, but I was messing you guys like he was limping. Like there was little moments where he was limping because his foot, his feet were killing him um, towards the end of that game, and he gave him their all. But I, I just think, you know, I, I think you keep Rui. He he's shown that he's could be a really good role player for them. You gotta keep Reeves. Um he got better every single game that postseason. Um but I, I agree with the addition. I think they need some more shooters or consistent shooters. Um they gotta get like actual solid point guard that they can rely on. Um again that's tough to say rely on Kyrie in the same sentence, but like, you know, that type of score like a good score but I think with the Lakers team too is like it, it, health, health is going to be a big factor. So I think you got to get younger. Like you can't get like backup old guys that like they tried a few years ago and everything fell apart. Like you have to get young talent in there to fuse with the veterans. Um, but I think they really just need more shooting. And like LeBron's not going to play 82 games anymore. I think he's probably going to be playing like 55 to 65 at most 
for however less he, the more he plays, right? So you need people. That's a lot of load sits. management. Yeah. You're not wrong, but, but that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, but, again, but like he's 38 years old, but you, you know he can't. He has be more miles. We yeah. never. He has more miles on him than anybody. Play, yeah, in, in, exactly. In NBA history, like so you, you got to fine tune him. He's like he's like the. He's like the exception to the rule of load management, right? Like he's 38 years old. He'd be 39 by the start of next season. He has more miles than anyone else. Like it's okay if you sit a few games to get ready for the playoffs and the team's good, but you have to get talent to step up for when he's out. You know, like because I mean, how many teams if you put if you put this version of LeBron on like three or four of these teams, they would have won the title. Like, <laughs> yeah, like and this is him at what, like 80 percent maybe. That that's yeah that's maybe yeah like eight yeah that's eight depending on yeah, how so, severe we don't know how severe the foot the feet were we won't know until a little while until we might hear you know he gets Austin surgery and he, then you lower that percentage of what he really was on but when but he was he's on still yeah. like 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 other than the fact that he couldn't hit a three in the series like yeah. he was still really good yeah he he get he gave us a LeBron performance and back against the wall and the rest of the team kind of let him down you can point yeah, the finger they, at they, AD if you want. Story he of his career. Rui did. didn't play well either. Rui didn't play well. Russell was terrible. Like he gave a near forty point triple double. He at thirty eight years old, he gave everything he could. There's no knock to him. You point the finger at a lot of other players on the Lakers team who didn't show up. So, like I said, I I don't think you bring back D'Angelo. That was a failed experiment. Um, but you just got to get some more consistent scores, and I think this Lakers team can be really really solid. But you know, again, and also like. Yeah. Not to be like totally crazy, but Mo Bamba might have made a, big, a bigger difference in this, yeah. in this series. Yeah. I mean, he could he could have, you know, he, if he was there fully healthy, you know, like. Well, he could be that backup center you were saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like, he, he can, can like, there's no reason he can't learn from AD. Like, yeah. because Mo Bamba, like, like Mo Bamba figuring out how to be good would be a problem for the league because he's just so fucking big. Yeah. So, like, like there's no reason he can't be at least as good as Rudy Gobert was this season. I mean, yeah, like I said, like you, you can learn, like you can fit in. I think that's what's going to help this team is to keep a lot of these young guys, and hopefully they do. You give them a full training camp of everyone together instead of trying to slap this thing at the trade deadline, and it worked out, and they made the postseason and made a run. You give this Lakers team a full training camp and offseason to gel and get together, I think this Lakers team could be really solid. And they, I, I think they look at this team that they don't think they're that far away. Um so I think if you ask, well, no, hold on. Pieces, it's not that they're not that far, not away. far like, away. It's like I think you, they know they, like, they're going to have some issues. Yeah, like you got to you got to figure out how you're going to get through through Jokic. Yeah, like I think like yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think they know that they can compete. Like I think it wasn't like all oh, the young guys. Oh, okay, like I think they know they can add some stuff and hopefully go up against the Nuggets and and be more competitive than they were, but. Yeah, like I think they look at this and know, like, oh, okay, like it's not like you know they're gonna waste the last few years of LeBron potentially. I think they know, okay, if we add, this team could still be competitive in the West, and and you know they're not gonna start off two and ten next year. Like I think that's kind of well. Like, I mean, if, if Anthony Davis is hurt, LeBron is recovering from surgery. Yeah. Then probably, then probably, yeah, that's a whole different story too. But hopefully, they make enough pieces where they don't have to have that bad of a start, and hope this grab also, yeah. And let's make something clear. LeBron's not going anywhere. And whether he was teasing retirement rumors just to take the narrative off of him losing, 
that some people have accused of. Uh, I think we it's definitely clear he's staying. He's not going to go to the Knicks. There's actual insiders who reported that. But I just think insiders just make stuff up. Um, well, hold on. It's not that he's not that. going to the Knicks. He, he's got... Oh, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. I'm just saying that's that's a little $90 million saw... dollars left on his contract. So, but Yeah, like literally it was something the that NBA the Central said thing, today. The taking the year off thing kind of makes sense. Uh, but, like, I think it's more likely that he's either doing it to for some type of trades for either to get Kyrie. There's, I think the Atlantic said that they're, they're kicking the tires on Trey young trade, um, which, you know, if you're looking for somebody who's going to be worse at defense than D'Angelo Russell, yeah. I, I think the list Trae starts Young. with yeah. Trey young. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I like the, the golden state stuff is potentially like, I think that's probably real. That that's a that, that's a like a real issue that they could that he could like force his way that? out there. Oh, okay. yeah, I, that he go to Golden State. Colin Coward uh, had a whole thing on his open oh, today about that because we know he's reliable. Oh yeah, but like <laughs> like his, that, his that, trade proposal was interesting, but I was like, oh god, please no. Warriors. Well, it's got to be some combination of pool and Kaminga. I think he said it was pool Kaminga. Was it Looney? No, it was pool Kaminga. Trying to think of who else. Uh, Wiggins. Yeah, but like, here's the problem and that you for like can't, LeBron. Yeah, but like, if you're Golden State and you're getting LeBron, you can't give up Wiggins. Like, like just on that fact that yeah. you you don't have another wing defense. Like, are you is are you going to start Moses Moody? Like, is he going to be that guy? Like, you, you kind of need the, Wiggins. Yeah. No, I know they need Wiggins, but. I don't Wait, think but the to make the math, accept, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the math work, and also I don't think the Lakers would even start anywhere without getting. I don't know. It depends on where those first round picks end up. Like that if too. you're giving picks for that, yeah. Like if this, you're this word, those three in picks, then potentially, yeah, or two in yeah. like unprotected picks, and you could be like, oh, okay. you definitely want unprotected picks if yeah. you trade with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But like, I if like I know he said that like, hey, maybe I'm not going to play with my kid. I don't think that's true. Like, I think in the moment he was kind of thinking about like, holy shit, am I tired? And maybe I want to take some time off. Um, yeah, that's what I but, think it was more but, of the case. Of. Like, I think he's more interested in playing with the the other one, not Ronnie, the, the, uh, with Bryce. Cause I think Bryce. Bryce is way better. But like, but the thing, and a lot of people also do like real quick for, for, for Bronnie is he's going to USC and he's not a one and done level player. He's also going to be behind like the, one of the number one prospects in the nation. Is he not one of done? I thought he was like ten on the draft board, or maybe that's just because of the well, maybe. Maybe it might be name thing, but a lot of people are thinking he wouldn't be a one and done type of guy because he's not going to get the minutes in order to get his draft ranking up again, other than like name. But there's a lot of people thinking since he's playing technically behind one of the better guards in the nation that he won't be a one and done guy. He might be like a two and done or a three and done. I don't know. We'll have to see. He might set the I mean, world on fire at USC and change The fact everything. that he went to USC, like, how does Ohio State drop the ball on that one? Well, that too. But, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, so I, I think some people are also thinking this one, one in the, the, the gap year so that Bronny can come in. Like, I know Bronny's obviously on draft boards, but is that more because he's Bronny or is it because they're anticipating him to show it at USC? Like, I – and I'm not saying that anything gets again. I think Bronny is 
really solid, I think. But I, I don't I don't see him as like a one and done impact guy that will fly up the draft boards, but I could be wrong. He could prove me wrong. I haven't looked enough at the yeah. next year's draft board other than that uh the fuck is his name? Uh that six ten guy who was uh I think he's Serbian. Uh so I, I don't know. I'll figure it out after this draft to who's in the next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. LeBron, interesting stuff with LeBron and, you know, whatever he says is automatic news and Brian Windhorst will go crazy for him. But um, definitely a matter of time to see what he does there. But speaking of the future and talking about draft picks, Alex, you were just at the NBA draft lottery in Chicago Mm -hmm. last week. That's why we missed you. Um, And we really did. So just curious, would love to hear about your experience and then uh, we can have a, a balanced talk about some early, very early draft um, NBA draft projections. Uh, yeah, so I was there um, just for work. I was helping out um, SiriusXM with their live coverage of the draft lottery. Um, so I was there at uh, Wintrust, um, or I was there at Wintrust for another event. Um, and I was at the McCormick Center for lottery. Um, I was on the first floor. A lot of lottery stuff was happening up on the second floor, but I got to mm. go scope out the area. Place was awesome. The set, as you guys see on TV, was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience uh, because you just had like when I was there, at least you just had like a feeling that it was like a historic event happening. Like everyone was juiced up, everyone was excited, everyone's smiling, everyone's like really, really into it. Um, and it felt a lot different, right? Because, like, you hear this Victor Webanyama kid as, like, the, the next big thing in the whole Yeah, like, like literally the best – like, literally, there's they're saying best prospect ever. Yeah. Ever. Like, I'm, like, not to exaggerate. They, they say yeah. – Yeah, no, like, and, and that's the thing. It's, like, you, we've been showcasing him on the NBA app, that, like, you know, all year. It's, we haven't really done that. Like, that was kind of a first, like, showcasing a prospect like him. To get eyes on him, and people were like, and even me, like right away, I'm like, oh, this kid's the real deal. Um, and the whole day, it was like, oh, what team? What team's gonna get him? Like, what? It was like everyone was excited because it was a historic day. We we were wondering what this next all time great prospect was gonna land. Um, and I feel like we were all kind of counting down the hours till the draft lottery. Like, if that's how anticipated it was. Um, and it was just like a really cool experience to kind of just see everything unfold in real time and, and the, re- the reactions and um, and all that. And uh, the hosts that I was working with were just going crazy. The Spurs, of course, landed the first pick in the draft and they're getting Victor Webinyama uh, mm-hmm. because of the history there. Um, because, of course, it's like the of course. most perfect team. Yeah, it's, exactly. Let's, let's be real. Yeah, there was a, there was a there was a quote um, because apparently Manu, Timmy, and uh, and Tony are all coming in to, to work with him. Yeah. And someone tweeted out that, like, if he'd gone to the Hornets, they would have brought in, like, a Dieza Djop and, like, like Blair White. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't have anybody for the Hornets. Like, they bring in Al Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, but, like, with, with, and with the Spurs connection, too, 
Uh, Tony Parker, I believe, owns a team. He owns the team. League, that he, uh, yeah. that I, thought he, he, D, I thought it was Boris D. I thought it was Boris Diaw who did. Like there, there's a bunch of both of them. Okay. There. Like, like he, he, like Tony Parker owns the team that Victor like started off with in the French league. That and then he moved to the team Mets '92 where he plays with now. So there's a connection there. Um, there's a lot of really cool Spurs tie-ins. Um, you know. Bruce Bow was just uh, the NBA app on the show with the talk of Victor and Victor's playoff game and breaking it all down there and, and all that stuff there. So, like, there's a lot of Spurs ties, and it's like the perfect fit for him. We all kind of saw it uh, happening. Uh, and I'm excited to see him with Spurs um, because, like I said, I think that's like the best place he can be. Um, because I think if you look at some of the other teams that I know it was funny, like his reaction, knowing he's not going to Houston. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys Yeah, that would have been the worst place for Like him, him not going to Houston and like he audibly like reacting, like this pump that he wasn't going to Houston. I know Jabari Smith, but like noted on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, but Jabari Smith, you stuck. <laughs> but it's like, but, you know, we've seen time and time again, like these big names and prospects get ruined, not going to the best of organizations and, the fact that we're getting a, a generational talent, arguably, we have to see how he translates to the NBA. I think it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. I think people need to pump the brakes that, like, don't expect this kid to be, like, dropping 30 and 15 every it's night. Not gonna be a little bit. Um, yeah, it's not going to be, like, this crazy thing, I, but I think he's going to be good. This. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I agree. So there's all this. He's like, yeah, I want to win rings right away. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Spurs have all this cap space. Should they try to win? And I was like, just yeah. suck this year. Be bad this year. You got a you got a ton of picks coming in. Uh, we still got. I think we still have two from. Two, we we may have all of the Atlanta picks. Yeah. Uh, I think we have one from Chicago. We got a couple of uh, Hornets picks. Um, he plays once a week. Yep. Right now he's played like a, maybe a college amount of games. Like it's going to be yeah, give totally or take. Different. It's it's it's. it's I think in that league, give or take, it's around like the college schedule, if you will. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not like a crazy long season. It's not an NBA season for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be totally, and they're going to come for him. Like, like he's going to be one of those guys that like people are going to want to like put their body into to make a point. Yeah. Like, like especially if they play the Grizzlies, like they're gonna they're gonna try to like put put like he's still thin, but, like he's still like like thin and shit. And yeah, this is part of why. Yeah, but like the kid is 19. He's 18, 19 years old. Like, there's like 12 players in league history have come in with grown ass man bodies who haven't needed to put like a year or two in the waiver. Uh, like, he's, I think just, just let him rock this year. Um, see what you got. I do think trading for DeAndre Aiden might be a good idea. Um, just, just so that you have a guy under contract. Who doesn't have to? Who can take the 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 wear and tear um, that he has to take? And this was always the argument for: Oh, should we trade Portal or not? Is because you know, you, you if you get Victor, he's like the perfect dude to have there. Yeah. So, like, that's what I would I would do with this. But like, the draft starts at two, and this draft is like fucking wild. Like, yeah, I have nobody has any idea what they're gonna do. I think. Portland probably trades that pick. There's like almost no chance they keep this pick. Yeah, that right? could That's be go to Chicago. The, the the draft is deep. Maybe that I heard Chicago really wants it, or some other options there. I heard there will be some legit movement before the uh, draft lottery at the end of June. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, uh, again, if Portland does the right thing, the right thing is to blow it up. And again, I'm going to reiterate this because this was my hot take from last time, and it remains the correct hot take. If they're looking for the best rebuild and the best place to send Dame, it's to Orlando for 6, 11, and whatever else makes the math work or whatever other picks. That's the right place for to send Dame. And hitting yeah. on some of these uh, draft pick, these put these um, these uh, potential draftees, you know, one thing you have to consider Brandon Miller. But what's his legal issues? People think that he That's might go as high as second. I want the Hornets <laughs> to draft him so they can build the new Jailblazers. Yeah, because they're going to bring Miles Bridges back too. And I'm yes, like, oh, build the no. Jailblazers 2.0. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, what are you thinking, Charlotte? I don't know. They yeah, should we- take. School. They should actually take school. We also have a bunch, a lot of um, the big, a lot of the big names coming in the draft are also coming from the G League. Not too many. I mean, of course, you have a hodgepodge of players from the D1 level, but also considering a lot of players who are in the G League, like a Scoot Henderson or the Thompson brothers. Um, But there's also like a Cameron Whitmore from Nova. Um, Who I think could be there. Walker. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anthony like, Black from so like, um, Arizona. It's a nice mixture of people who are already professionals and people come from the college level. I think Detroit needs to trade up because they they kind of need that. Like they want either like I, I mean Brandon Miller would be good, but I think getting Scoot or um, Ahmed is good. But neither of them are going past four. Yeah, like but, but Houston. With, yeah, with Scoot, I think it would cause some of a jam for Detroit though at the guard position for what they want. Well, you could play. You could play Kate at the three. Well, true, you could. He's he's he's, he's, he's big, big enough. enough yeah, for that. yeah. So you would have in theory enough shooting, uh, but it's, uh, I mean they they got like Houston has to take a guard. They they have to. It's like yeah. they, if they take the other, um, what is it? A series? A series? The the wing. Yeah, as here's the yeah. wing. Like, like he would not fit on this team. Like, and it looks like they're going to get James Harden. Like, th- that appears to be because the report came out today that that Houston's not going to or uh, Philly's not going to give him the max, which I agree with. I would give. Him the yeah, max. Oh, no, yeah. definitely not. Give um, it to a t- give it to a franchise who's willing to have their time wasted. Yeah, it seems like right. this team, this Houston team, is after he he embarrassed them. Puts the fat suit on and everything, then he just comes back because he knows he'll pay them. Might as yeah, well take but, it if I'm Harden. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. This is an interesting draft. There's going to be a lot. It's hard to predict because there's like so much movement and stuff in the air. I mm-hmm. think if they're going, if Philly or if Portland is going to build around this pick, I think Bradley Beal is like the best part. Like it's, I don't think they can get OG without like other major stuff going out because they were, because apparently they turned down three first rounders from, from Memphis for OG. So they're not going to do like a first rounder and Anthony Simons. No. For, for, so it's like, it's gotta be Bradley Beal. It's gotta be like the only real moving target that they can get. Right. Like I don't see who else they can get. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because it's like, they're in a really good spot, but at the same time they're, it's just like it's they're like in a good thing. spot to rebuild. Yeah, like, they like have, I was saying, is, it's like this is like the perfect start for the rebuild, but we still have no idea what they're gonna do because they don't want to, for some reason, go down that avenue. And, and it's, it's ridiculous because like, like, you're, 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 you're not, you're not like 
like one guy away from from a title. You're like maybe one guy away from the playoffs. Yeah. Like if they got Victor, that's still like, oh, like you're a playoff team. Like you weren't like a Victor away of like, oh, we're we're getting a title. Like we got Victor now. It's like, no, you're yeah. probably going to be a playoff team. You're not a Brandon Miller. Like if, yeah. if Brandon Miller gets taken or – if Brandon Miller gets taken too, because like if you're they're gonna keep the pick, he's the one, yeah. right? Like you want him because he's he's gonna fit in the wing because you have your two small guards. Yeah. Um like they're gonna they're gonna trade the pick. Like they're not gonna take Scoot. No. And, no. Like or they're not gonna I mean maybe they take him at like but But I wouldn't think they would like necessarily I wouldn't call Amen a reach anyway. Because it's no, really I wouldn't call him a man, but like the but, only reason I would yeah. say they would take him is because he's bigger. Yeah, like he's exactly. bigger. Yeah, they would go. They would go more. They would go more need, like positional need than talent, if you will. Right, and, and if you're gonna keep in the lottery, then you trade down to like get one of the big men. Because yeah. let's be honest, Nurk- Nurkic sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I, yeah. I mean, like you have to get a more consistent big man or something like that. Like trade that. Like to me, other than Victor, I think Scoots and Miller. I say Scoot's a little bit more NBA ready. I think he's going to be more of an impact player right away. Like, I think Scoot is really, really freaking solid. I would have take him number two. But, again, I understand why, you know, he might fall to three. So, you know, that thing is, like, if you're not going to take him and develop him, and he's arguably probably the best, like, you know, the most ready NBA prospect other than Victor, you trade down and, like, get a bunch of assets because the team is going to want Scoot. Someone is going to want Scoot. Like, or you start your rebuild and you decide, okay, like, it's time to part ways with Lillard and we get a bunch of assets and we take Scoot and we have, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, it's just very weird because we have no idea. We just, like, number three is, out of all the picks, we pretty much know number three is most likely going to get traded before the start of the draft. Like that's at this point, oh, we just don't I know mean, what we don't know what is it is going to be for, but we feel like number three is going to be on the move. And it, it, like I could see Charlotte doing six and eleven for for two. Yeah, um, like that's the, like a team that has multiple firsts could probably try it out of because they they because they're not a a scoot away from being good no. either. Like no. they got nothing on that roster. Yeah, they got they they need a lot of help, a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, they if I'm the Pistons, I'm calling up Charlotte and you could do like uh Isaiah uh Stewart, Marvin Bagley, yeah, like uh Bogdanovich and something else. They have like 12, 12 forwards. They could they could figure yeah, out something. They could, so they like could, they could throw some young former bust onto the mix to get it to work. To get that know. pick. And yeah. then, you know, or maybe they they take back like Gordon Hayward's contract or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, do something weird. But yeah, they all, yeah they also have a bunch of center depth too. Like you said, like Stewart could be on the like you know like it's just he's probably out anyway because he, he's I think he's up for an extension either yeah. this year. He's probably up for extension this year. Yeah, and he's like their third best big man at this point in terms of potential. Yeah, I would say Stewart. Well, I mean, just in terms of talent, like Jaron Jordan's probably their best big man. And yeah, they for sure. And I, I, I'm pretty sure Wiseman's probably better than Stewart. Yeah, I would have Wiseman also potential too because he the second half of the year was pretty solid. But uh, yeah, I would say Stewart's a third. So I think you have him be on the move too. I don't know. They have they have the, they have the assets to move um, if they really want to. Yeah, and I'm really excited to cover this, and we'll do that at the end of June. June 22nd is the draft. 
itself. But there's a lot of things to really look forward to, and especially once the finals finishes and these coaching vacancies are filled, we will see uh, where the future is going. And speaking of those vacancies at this moment, what is it? There's five vacancies right now. And we see we have the Pistons available, the Raptors, the Suns, Bucks, and Sixers. So looking at some leads right now, the thing, looking at some leads right now, let's start with the, like with the Sixers. Seems like I think Nick Nurse has the best chance of getting that job. That's Interested. the worst situation. Even like, with the experience. Absolutely. Out of, uh, out of in, the, in the, that the openings, I think that's the worst one to go to. Like that. Oh, oh you're talking about the Sixers in general, r- yeah, regardless I, like, of it. Nurses, like if there you could, not. if you could pick any of them, I think that's the worst one to go to. Like, oh, sure. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting with that team, and honestly, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, th- what they really should do is probably tear it down and just get a young guy to like figure it out. Yeah, get one of these prominent assistants, maybe a college coach who's ready to take that step up and go there. Okay, okay. Now with – how about in terms of ready now, even if you only have one season to do it with the Suns and you have that team that's up in the air, what do they do with Aiton? Obviously, can KD last the whole season? What's Chris Paul going to do? Do you think a Mike Budenholzer – if he decides to coach at all this year, we know he's unfortunately dealt with a bunch of tragedies in the past few weeks. Do you think he would be a good fit in Phoenix? No, or do we no, see no. like a Doc Rivers who interviewed for no. the job? And is a <laughs> I, like, I, no. I don't know how Doc's a finalist. I love Doc. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> like if, there, if you're planning on keeping CP3, it's like that kind of didn't work when he was with the – they kind of bumped Clash Eds towards the end. I feel there. And like, especially for – team that has flamed out as yeah. they have in the last two years to bring it doc that's something yeah like nick like nurse I, is the answer yeah i think nick like, nurse to me i mm-hmm. agree i think nick nurse okay. is the answer in phoenix like he should be the higher in phoenix in my eyes i know they have the assistant coach that's supposedly everyone loves but i think for that team you need nick nurse who's have championship pedigree has dealt with star players before he knows that done i like his system a lot I think that's the best fit for Phoenix. Like, I think you hire Nick Nurse and you're not. Yeah, Nick Nurse should either go to, to Phoenix or Milwaukee. Or, yeah. Like that's, uh, yeah, I think those, those are the two landing spots. And on, like, again, we talked about this last time. They should not have fired Monty Williams. No. Like, I, yeah, I mean, you know how I felt about them firing Monty. I, I was upset about it. Really it really seems like an impulse decision by the new owner just wanting to, you know, yeah. get that win right away in Matt Ishiba. Uh, yeah, it was. Like, like that was you got to give a coach like a full season, with, especially when you tear down the roster in the middle of the season yeah. and and the shit he had to deal with. Yeah, like, trade, I think he would defender. be like he's probably the coach who's most flexible to go to any of these places. Mm-hmm. Like I think he would do like just as good in Detroit as he would do in Toronto as he would do in Philly. Like I think he's probably that type of coach. But um, I think Nurse, I think, is a better coach. I, especially like if you're looking for a win now team, I still think the Bucks are closer to winning a title than. Uh, I like Monty Phoenix. going to there to specific, um, no, specifically no, there no, to I go to, to the right there to the Bucks. I think he would fit really well and be a nice, you know, ironically, even though the team beat him in the finals, then he takes over, leads them to a championship themselves. That would be some pretty cool poetic justice. 
and also with the Pistons itself, with what they're going to do, with so many questions, still trying to get a legit roster going. I heard one big name could be uh, Kevin Ollie, who led UConn to a national championship at 14, but we know that ended very ugly, ugly um, at UConn. And if he can't get some college players straight, could he do it with the professional people on the well, professional level too? That's essentially a college team. Yeah, <laughs> they have like like they're other young, than both other than Bogdanovich, like Nerlens Noel and like and like Alex Burke, Burks. Like yeah. everyone else on that team is like still could still technically be in college. So, would do you think that with the bad PR, would you give Ali this opportunity? I mean, they probably they like. You need a young developmental because, yeah, like, you, you're not. Yeah, like, I, I also think Bud wouldn't be the right answer there either. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I don't give a shit. The higher Becky Hammett. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think you need. I think you need a young. I agree. I think you need like a young coach to grow with the, that team. Like, you're not going to get a veteran coach to go there. Like, you're not going to get a Boonholzer or a Monty or a Nick Nurse. Like you need a person that's gonna also grow with those players. Like, 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 like someone like Nash Nash is, is gonna match. Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. I like. Yeah, Kenny Atkinson is a great. He's we've seen him before. He's great with young talent and getting him to like develop and play well. Like I think that's a, a, a good spot for like him because he's worked with young teams and developed them really well. So I think you just need some like something like that, like a younger coach or a coach that we've known in the past works well with young talent and really coaches them up in order for that team to have success. You're not going to have success with a veteran coach. It's just not going to work with those guys. At, They're at too young. Right now. They're too young. And it's kind of the same with there. Toronto. Like, like Toronto is, you gotta, like, if you're coming into that situation, you need a, a clearer picture. Like Toronto and Philly are the teams where you're like, okay, like what exactly are we doing here? Like, am I like in Toronto, am I rebuilding or are we trying to like figure this shit out? Yeah. In Philly, like, like who's coming back? Am I? Are you bringing Harden back? Is Embiid still going to be here? Like, they, there's a lot of questions more than it is. But like, I think there's there's a like Nick Nurse. Like, there's good coaches left. Um, I I don't think there's. I think the problem is there's there's a lot of good win now coaches, but there aren't enough win now teams. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, for the openings, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something like, yeah. Yeah, I can't say anything better than that. I agree. There's not enough yet. Spots yeah. Like my nose. Because there's a lot of questions. Like, even with Milwaukee, it's like, you, you know, you have Giannis, but there's just a lot of other factors right now. Like, I think they're going to bring Lopez, everybody. Are you going to bring Middleton back? I think, they're I think they will, and they should. But that's like the thing right now for some of these coaches' decisions. It's like, you got to get, they got to yeah, get younger. Yeah. That's their biggest yeah, You got to, you got to get like those two guys back and also get some young talent to infuse. And you got to like, you need somebody who's going to like kind of build Giannis back up. Cause I think he was kind of shook at the end of that series. Yeah. I think the injury, I think the injury didn't help. And I also just think as well, like when they won the title, it was because like Middleton really stepped up for Giannis at times and hit like the big buckets or like had the big performances. And I think he just needs someone there that like, other than like Drew Holiday or whoever else that like, he also can just like kind of relax and not have to put all the weight on himself to like will the team to wins. I think he's so. I think Milwaukee should hopefully look for that in like a young score or a young talent or something like that. And also like like um, what was it with, with Milwaukee? Um, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Like it's 
it's not like they, they weren't the best team. Like they were very good. It just yeah. was like a, you know, it shit just kind of rolled downhill. Yeah, it was like a and, fluky end. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. Um, the 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 pairing of Giannis and Middleton. I was thinking about this. I was like, that's just what Jokic and Burry are. They're just better. Yeah. Like they're just a better version of of Giannis and and uh, Middleton. Yeah. Okay. And also Middleton's like injury history the last. Yeah, his injury history is like scary as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, he's a guy you you're not there. Like if they sign Middleton to like a multi year deal, he's not going to be there for the entirety of that. Deal. No, 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 no way. Like if no. you're going to trade one of them between him and Holiday, Holiday might get you the more return, but yeah. he's he's the better guy. He's, a, he's the more reliable guy of the two yeah. for sure. If you're at the pick, yeah, yeah. I'm sure these vacancies will be filled when we cover the draft. So we'll see how the next few weeks go after that. And let's wrap it up with the announcement of the ninth leading scorer in NBA history has officially called it quits. Carmelo Anthony has retired from the NBA. And some things to point out in his illustrious career. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's made All-NBA second team twice. All-NBA third team four times. Three golden, three gold medals, made the 75th anniversary team. He obviously won a national championship with Syracuse. And now we'll see where the future lies with him again. So both an up and down career, you know, for me, definitely respect the guy. Definitely have fond memories. Was he my favorite player I've ever saw? No. Am I a disappointed Knicks fan? He was never able to get us out of the second round. Of course. But, you know, I do think he's earned enough accolades to get his number retired by the Knicks. I think the Knicks are the team he's most associated with. I understand you could argue that with Denver, too. But he even had more shortcomings with them. But definitely a complicated history. But all in all, one of the best players we ever saw in our generation, for sure. And you just wish he won a little bit more. Yeah, so can I – because I was going to ask you about him, his name in the Raptor because I, I don't think he really deserved it. I don't, I'm, um, I'm a Knicks fan, and I, I agree, but I can explain. But can we, like – yeah, there's some exactly. So, like, Melo as a player is the same guy who uh, they drafted in 2003 as retired in 2023. He's just less athletic. Like, at no point did he become a better player or change his game in any way, shape, or form. He was really good at shooting, and he didn't change any part of that. Like, like that's just who he was. Um, I also think it's it's like kind of poetic that like the best Nuggets team in history made it to the finals on the day he retires. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was. I thought like, that yeah, was he wore, of, he's wearing his number. By the way, his Nuggets number. Yeah, yeah fifteen. Like, like he was, he was always. Like he never found the right spot in that he was never like because he, he he signed that extension and he kept that extra year so he'd get the extra money so he wasn't out in the uh, when all the when the the heels were formed and all that that big year um, so he was always like a little behind on that and then he forced his way to the Knicks and he blew that shit up instead of like waiting one year um, but like oh, yeah. I, like the the higher the the raising his jersey like why like. He he won more in in Denver than he did in in uh, the Knicks. He made it in the conference finals one time. Like 
They they lost the the 09 Nugget, uh, uh, Lakers, but he did it. Like in the Knicks, like like the legacy of Carmelo is he ran Jeremy Lin out of out of the team. Um, you got you you were really bad that year and ended up with Porzingis, and then ultimately that led to. Yeah, he didn't put him under his got, wing. You don't even get the pick. Like you didn't even get the pick from the Porzingis trade. Like, like that would have been the through line to him for whatever this new generation is. Like, I I don't even know. Like he was okay, but like, what what is the difference between like Carmelo Anthony and like Julius Randle really? Like other than everyone hates Julius oh, Randle now, they had essentially <laughs> the same amount of success. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say like the the jersey wrap thing for me is more of a, a legacy thing, like a Nick history thing. Like Bernard King's number is not retired by the Knicks. And I see Carmelo and Bernard King as very similar players, tremendous scores. Carmelo, obviously the better scorer of the two, but not like incredible postseason success and both fan favorites. Right. And to me, it's like, if you're going to retire Carmelo Anthony's number, you better also have Bernard King in attendance and also retire his number at the same time because they were both very similar players where in their primes, they were fun mix to watch and exciting, but didn't translate to postseason success. And we've had fond memories of both of them. But to me, as much as I respect Melo and making the Knicks relevant, and at least for me, so at times very enjoyable to watch, Yeah, I don't think he did enough to get – the numbers, if you, the, the, his number up in the rafters compared to the very short list of Knicks that are up there. Um, so that was kind of my thing. It's like I respect Melanie. He has some incredible Nick memories for me. The 62 against the Hornets. I remember the two. The three against the Bulls. Yeah, the two crazy the, the, threes. The yeah, like the two crazy threes against the Bulls. I was watching with my dad at, at the time, like we're on vacation or something. And it was like a Sunday showcase, and we were there just hanging out. And me and my dad just went absolutely bananas. It was like one of my favorite memories as a kid. Like me and my dad just him chucking that three, the first three against Bulls. Like no way that's going in. Hits it, and then in the, overtime. The twenty third look, the, the, the team that yeah. lost the Pacers was a fun team. Yeah, like yeah, they were like fun to watch. It was exciting. To, so like, but like I said, I don't think he's done enough to get the number up there. If they do it. Awesome, but I also hope they announce, like I said, they do to Bernard King because he deserves some flowers as well. But like, like I said, I, I respect him. Is he one of one of the favorites I watched? No, he's a tremendous scorer. He was so fun to watch when he was hot. Do I wish he had a better exit out of the league? Yes, I think he deserved a lot of respect that he ended up not getting because there's just a couple of negative things about him. I think he deserved a nice little retirement tour, if you will but he didn't get that. And I think that's a shame for a guy who's top 10 is scoring in the league. Um, but I think everywhere he goes from here on out, people are respecting him. He'll get a standing ovation. He'll get his flowers. And I thought it was really cool. As much as a pressure it is on his son going forward, I think it was really cool to say, like, my kid is going to be my the, the legacy going forward. So, like, I thought that was a really cool time because he just showed how much he cares for his family and his kids. And, yeah, like, great career. So fun to watch. Yeah, arguably the greatest Olympic U.S. player. Exactly of all time. that too. Like you can't understate. Like he's, they need to retire his number for USA yeah, basketball. Like, yeah, I, ha- yeah. I, have, <laughs> I have a USA Carmelo Anthony jersey. My mom gifted it to me because I loved Carmelo so much. Like one as like you know, like I said, he was Nick, but like I loved him every time we were Team USA. Like I was 
glued to watching. That was like the perfect role for her. Yeah, like it was so (laughs) fun to watch him. So I have a 15 or whatever. I think he wore 15 for USA. I have a Carmelo Anthony USA because I loved watching him play USA basketball with the Olympic team. Like he is arguably, like you said, like probably the best Olympian for men's basketball. But (laughs) we've seen three gold medals and all like, you know, he's deserves all the respect there too. Like I, I don't think a lot of people talk about that, but it's definitely something that's super impressive that he was part of those teams that won gold medals and was incredible to watch during those teams too. Even though that those teams were stacked, he made a role for himself on those teams. Yeah, hoodie mellow, Olympic mellow, like Olympic mellow. Glad you could destroy uh, Yugoslavia by seventy points. <laughs> I was going to say Spain, but Spain actually, I think Spain, he defeated. Spain, 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 they actually put us a fight. Spain, the Spain, Spain, Spain and Australia us. were the were the two teams that somehow. Now it's, all the, now it's all those uh, block countries because they got all the like the Jokic's, the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Serbia yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think they're going to retire his number solely on PR reasons. That'll be a sellout night. People go crazy. But, you know, Harry Styles has his number retired at Madison Square Garden now. He really does for 15 shows. Number, like, yeah, 50 come on. Billy Joel has his, num- his name up in the rafters. He's that's more that's understandable. Though. Billy yeah. Joel is way more impressive than Harry Styles having a banner up in the rafters of the Garden. Like, screw that. Right. That's, like, he's not so even bad. American. At least it Billy Joel's so a New bad. Yorker. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And his stat, his stat is way more impressive than Harry Styles. I'm sorry. Harry Styles, man, I'm sorry, but... He, yeah, no I apo- want that thing no to apologies. fall down and they don't they don't put it back up. That's how much I hate that thing. Yeah, I need to see the movie, like the concert movie of that. Like, how could it be that good? I know he <laughs> sold out for 15 nights, but like in a whole retirement. And that's why I think that they'll retire his number. It seems like they just want it just any way to get people talking and both valid points. There's just nothing special. And every single you know, another thing, every single every single number retired except Ewing and I'm blanking on one, but every single one's an NBA champion too. And that's saying something. And I guess we're all about breaking traditions in that way, but only time will tell gentlemen, but incredible stuff this evening. We'll see you a week from tonight to start covering the NBA finals. And we'll see how long it will take to have the final matchup set. Have a great night, Alex and Faces, and thanks again. See you guys later. Two of the best to ever do it. Alex Young, Fresh Faces, New Ideas. Great, great work today. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Comma Pod, we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So tomorrow we are going to kick off your Memorial Day weekend with two stellar podcasts. One, we are giving predictions on the succession finale. This Sunday is going to be the final episode of Succession, arguably one of the very best TV shows in the last decade, a huge show, a very popular show, and there are going to be a lot of characters that are missed, and it's definitely going to be a lot of spoilers in there, and a small spoiler there, who is ultimately going to get Waystar? Is it Kendall, who is my pick, and I ultimately want him to truly be 
the succession. But is it going to be Roman? Is it going to be Shiv turning her back on her brothers and teaming up with Madsen to take over? Is it going to be Connor, that goofy happy-go-lucky guy try to win the presidency loses and ultimately he wins does tom take over there's a lot of options but ultimately we want to just see this show end right and end well and will succession pull that off so good stuff ahead there and thank god they were able to release it before the writer strike and glad that wasn't um and really glad that that did not halt production and we are definitely team wga please 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 make a deal with the studios can the studio stop being greedy can the studios give the writers what they deserve especially with the rise of streaming i just want to give a little rant there but we have a succession series finale preview show coming to you on friday and we will react to it early next week as well and then we have WWE Night of Champions, the huge Saudi Arabian show, and especially what is going to happen with the newly crowned World Heavyweight Championship. There's the Brock and Cody stuff going on. Lots of stuff to soak in, and we will talk all about that with Ryan. A great Ryan Page, as you know. Him and I will cover Succession and WWE, and that's what we will grant you to listen to during your Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, a lot of great stuff coming your way. Let us enjoy this Thursday. I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and I can't wait to talk with you all on Friday. I want to thank Fresh Faces, New Ideas, and Alex Young for their contributions to the show today. I want to thank Alex DeJesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for what he does behind the scenes, and I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for always supporting us no matter what. Mom and Dad, I hope you have an amazing time in Las Vegas. You to deserve this vacation they're hanging out in the venetian in the high rollers area and again mom and dad please enjoy your trip and your memorial day weekend and yeah i hope you all have a wonderful day you are the greatest fans and listeners in the world and i love each and every single one of you my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i'll see you tomorrow with a succession and a wwe podcast can't wait to talk then and don't forget to check in on your friends and family peace all she needed was some